0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible.
1: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Let's chalk that up under very satisfying things category because that's exactly the kind of performance we wanted to see from the Chiefs as they enter the bye week dominating the San Francisco 49ers 44 23 Sunday afternoon with both sides of the ball, getting after it in ways we'll talk about over the next 20 minutes or so. I'm BJ Kissel. Appreciate you for listening and for your support of what we're doing here at KC sports network. This is 10 things and it's presented by my friends at Kansas city strength and conditioning. If you're needing a place to train a baseball or softball player, ages eight to 18, call my friend, John Renzi at KCSE known john for more than 20 years and he's always been the guy that i would go to when it comes to maximizing what a body needs to perform as best as it can out on the diamond and their new facility out in kansas city up near mill valley will be open in the next couple of weeks again that's KCSE 913-638-8960 all right, let's get into the 10 things that stood out on Sunday as the Chiefs move to 5-2 and two on the season. Lead the AFC West by one game or two, considering they've got the tiebreaker over the Chargers, who they will play again in just a couple of weeks. Uh, but let's start with number one. The 44-23 victory over the San Francisco 49ers marked the third 40-point game of the season for the Chiefs, tying the team for the sixth most 40-point games in a season in franchise history. Again, we've just played seven games. We've got 10 more to go. The 44 points also ties for the seventh most points in a single game since Andy Reid arrived in Kansas City in 2013. The San Francisco defense was allowing an average of just 14.8 points per game to its opponents in 2022. That was second best in the NFL. They were the number two scoring defense at 14.8, the number one, uh, yardage defense as far as allowing just 255.8 yards per game the 49ers hadn't allowed more than 28 points to any opponent all season and actually hadn't allowed more than 20 points in all but one contest and that was against the atlanta falcons back on october 16th and by holding the 49ers to just 23 points the chiefs improved to 46-3, that's regular season and postseason, when holding their opponents to less than 27 points, dating back to the 2018 season. Again, Chiefs put up 44 points against the league's number two scoring defense that allowed just 14.8 points per game. And the uh, yardage total put up a lot of yards. We'll get to that in a second. But here's a good tweet from ESPN's Nick Wagner. Nick covers the 49ers. Nick tweeted out the 49ers allowed 9.1 yards per play to the chiefs on Sunday. And that's the second most allowed by any defense to any team this season. And the most allowed by a Niners defense in a game since 1965. And that's per ESPN stats and info research. Again, in more context, that was the second most allowed yards per play at 9.1 by any defense to any team this season and the fact that it was the number one defense in terms of yardage uh, just makes it all that more impressive on what the Chiefs were able to do to the Niners on Sunday moving on to number two we're going to stick with the offense here for a little bit everybody uh, but with 529 net yards of offense the Chiefs improved their record to seven and two in recording 500 or more net yards of offense under head coach Andy Reid The team's 529 offensive yards is the sixth most in a game under Andy Reid since 2013 and is the most since the team tallied 543 yards at Tampa Bay on November 29th, 2020. In entering Sunday's game, the San Francisco defense was allowing member a league low 255.8 yards per game, not allowing more than 308 yards to any opponent all season the Chiefs had 221 more yards of offense than anyone had put up against that Niners defense all season long. And that's getting all of those guys back. I know Dre Greenlaw, one of their better players was banged up. Charveris Ward was banged up. Nick Bosa was banged up, but they all played in that game to start uh, being as healthy as they could be uh, considering we are a little bit into the season and every team is banged up and Let's move along to number three. Talk about everyone's favorite stat and quarterback wins. According to NFL research with the win over the 49ers quarterback, Patrick Mahomes has won 55 of his first 70 starts. I'm going to say that again. He has won 55 of his first 70 starts tying pro football hall of famer, Ken Stabler for the second most wins by a quarterback in their first 70 starts in NFL history this is the kind of stuff that we don't want to normalize and we will continue to promote these things because every time one of these stats comes out, it just adds even more context to how special it is what we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs uh, with him, Andy Reid and all these guys together. But uh, the only one with more wins is Pro Football Hall of Famer Otto Graham, who won 56 of his first 70 starts. So uh, I'm sure when we get to the first 80 starts, depending upon how Otto did, um, back with the Browns back in the day. Uh, we'll see where Patrick Mahomes ends up on that, but uh, it gets even better. Uh, per NFL.com, in Sunday's game, Mahomes trailed by 10 points for the 17th time, including the playoffs since the start of the 2019 season. But after his week 7 win at San Francisco on Sunday, Mahomes is now 12 and 5. That's a winning percentage of 706 in such games, meaning trailing by at least 10 points at some point. Over that span, the only two quarterbacks with a higher actual win percentage since 2019 are himself. This is overall, are himself with a 790 winning percentage and Aaron Rodgers winning at 733. Clip essentially is written by NFL.com even when trailing by 10 plus points in a game, Mahomes is still better than your favorite quarterback. Again, Mahomes is 12 and 5 in games that he trails by at least 10 points at some point in the game, and that's a higher winning percentage than everyone except for Aaron Rodgers, and that's close, than anyone else's overall winning percentage. You spot him 10 points, he's still better, again, than your favorite quarterback, as written by NFL.com. Mahomes leads the NFL in passing yards with 2,159 and passing touchdowns with 20 after putting up 423 yards and three scores against the Niners on Sunday. It was Mahomes' eighth career game with at least 400 yards and three touchdowns through the air, the fifth most by any player since at least 1950. The only players with more, again, 400-yard games with three touchdowns, are Drew Brees with 12, Peyton Manning with 11, Dan Marino with 11, and Tom Brady with 10. Those four had played a combined 1,120 career games with Marino having the fewest of those with 242. Again, 400 yards, three touchdown games. Mahomes has eight of them. Those four guys that I just mentioned, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, and Tom Brady, the only ones with more, and the one of those four with the fewest games played is Dan Marino with 242. Mahomes has reached the top five in just 70 career games i say these slowly for dramatic effect but also to let it sink in a little bit mahomes has eight career games with 400 yards and three touchdowns in 70 career games he's fifth all time in that mark and if you extrapolate those numbers whatever you want to call it multiply by three at 210 career games he'll have 24 which will be twice as many 400-yard games, and three touchdown performances as Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, and Tom brady Unbelievable. And number four, also Patrick Mahomes. He kept the records coming against the Niners, passing former Chiefs quarterback Trent Green for the second most passes completed in a career in franchise history. Mahomes is 27 years old. He had 25 completions on 34 attempts, on in Sunday's game, bringing his career total to 1,726 career completions. Mahomes turned three of those completions into touchdowns to three different receivers Juju Smith Schuster, McCole Hardman, and Justin Watson. F- threw for 423 yards, as I mentioned, and earned a passer rating of 132.4. It's marked Mahomes' 40th career game with a passer rating of 100 or more. In his eighth game with 400 yard passing. And three touchdowns we just mentioned today's 423 yards passing ranked as the fifth best single game passing performance of Mahomes career with all five of those performances coming on the road. So not only did he do it again on the road, he did it against the league's best defense, which we will continue to hammer home because it is special. Just like the fact that, again, going back to this one, 40th career game with a passer rating of 100 or more. Played in 70 career games. More than half the games that Patrick Mahomes has played in his career, he has a passer rating of 100 or more. All right, moving on to number five, and finally getting away from Mahomes' magic and all the crazy stats. Shout out to the Chiefs Communications Department for coming up with all these stats and always getting the calculators out and all the record books and researching all of this stuff. It's a lot of work to look these things up and make sure these are correct, and a lot of these stats are coming from the Chiefs Communications Department and on
2: Twitter. Uh, A lot of good people out there doing a lot of great work. Hey, sorry to interrupt today's podcast, but I have to tell you about liquid death. And if you've been listening to us and our podcast here, you know already that there is a kind of strange looking water brand out there. looks like some tall boys, of beer in that bottled water section. You can find it at your Walmart, your target. You're walking through there. You see cases of this weird looking canned water. You're like, what is going on here? You can't help but check it out. Uh, but it might look like beer. I know they got the white cans, the gold tops. They so kind of look a little bit like Miller Lite. Uh, but you get up close to it, you see this rad-looking can. There's a skull, like, melting off of it. It's pretty gnarly. And it makes you feel cool when you crack open one of those tall boys and maybe your 9 a.m. meeting with your co-workers. they like, man, you cracking open a beer? Nope. Just a, a, a canned bottled water. I mean, you can't even call it bottled water. Canned water fresh mountain spring water from the alps it's available in three ways that's still that's sparkling and flavored sparkling water as well with three different flavors of that sparkling water And it's called liquid death why is it called liquid death well they're brutally murdering your thirst and in the process they're trying to brutally murder plastic pollution as well listen i hate plastic pollution i know you hate plastic pollution Got to save the turtles. Got to get these uh, infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans. Uh, that's what you can do with the, with these uh, liquid death cans. You recycle them. They use them again to make more liquid death cans. Um, it's, it's a genius process. Not only are they doing their best with recycling, reduce, reuse, recycle, you know, everything that we learned in elementary school, but they're also donating 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Uh, great cause there. You can feel good while looking cool with your liquid death listen I love liquid death I drink all three of their flavors the berry one is my favorite the lime one is also phenomenal and the mango one's not bad either I'm not a huge mango flavored guy but I really like the mango flavor uh, that they have at liquid death it's in a really cool like all gold can too so they got all gold all um, all all green for the lime because that's the colors of limes and a silver can for the berry one I really enjoy Liquid Death, uh, make sure you go out, give it a try. If you don't want to just try the still water, try the sparkling water. It's better than some of the other sparkling water uh, companies out there. Um, it, it is actually good sparkling water. So you can trust me. And here's what you got to do. Go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com KCSN.
1: All right, number five, wide receiver McCole Hardman hauled in an eight-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes in the first quarter of Sunday's game against the Niners. And that touchdown reception gave Hardman three receiving touchdowns on the season and 15 touchdown receptions in his career. Mahomes also recorded a 25-yard rushing touchdown in the second quarter, marking his first career rushing touchdown. And he later recorded a three-yard rushing touchdown in the game's fourth quarter. It was, it was McCall Hardman's first career multi-touchdown game. That would have been a trivia question. I probably would have got that wrong, but crazy to think first multi-touchdown game performance of McCall Hardman's career. He finished the game with four receptions for 32 yards, 28 rushing yards on two attempts, combining for 60 yards from scrimmage and three total touchdowns, Um, basically doubled the yardage of Travis Kelsey from a couple of weeks ago with his three touchdown performance on just, I believe, 27 yards receiving. Also crazy. And per NFL research, McCole Hardman is the first wide receiver in the Super Bowl era with two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown in a single game. Congrats, McCole. That's pretty cool. All right. Number six, pair goes over 100 yards through the air. This is also kind of cool. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling both accumulated more than 100 yards receiving in Sunday's game. It marked the 31st time in franchise history that a pair of teammates recorded at least 100 yards receiving in the same game, with the Chiefs holding an 18-13 and record in those games. Last week against the Bills, Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey both had at least 100 yards receiving. Uh, funny tweet here from Charles Goldman that went, uh, it went viral. You can catch all of Charles work, uh, not only at the chief's wire, but also in our after- afternoon sub stack. So make sure you can subscribe to that. You can find all the links on our social media platforms. Uh, but, you like good written content. You like to read email to your inbox every day at 6am and every evening updating you on what's going on with the chiefs. But Charles tweeted out chiefs wide receiver, Juju Smith Schuster said after the game that playing call of duty Warzone with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and MVS it's Marquez Valdez Gantling. They played on Friday. They'd won three games in a row. And Juju said that was the difference in their chemistry today. And I saw on social media that, uh, Call of Duty Warzone Twitter account responded to Charles basically saying teamwork makes the dream work or something very similar, but pretty cool for those guys to get together, play video games, got a lot of the same uh, interests outside of football. And hey, if they want to make jokes about how it helps them out on the field and brings them closer together. We're all for it. Week seven was the first time in the Mahomes era that the Chiefs had two players with 100 plus receiving yards, and neither of them were Travis Kelsey nor Tyreek Hill. Again, I'll say that one more time. Week seven was the first time in the Mahomes era that the chiefs had two players with at least a hundred yards receiving and neither of them being Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come. I know they talked about on the broadcast, all the man coverage that the chiefs have been seeing the fact that it was the best defense or one of the two best defenses in the NFL. The chiefs did this against gives you a lot of confidence, particularly going into the bye week that, They're starting to turn a corner with these receivers. We saw MVS make some huge plays. And I'm going to actually, you know know what? Let's talk about that right now. I think both MVS and Juju stepped up in two of the biggest moments of the game when it was still kind of, I don't say in flux, but when the game was close. Uh, The first that I want to talk about was the drive late in the third quarter. Uh, It was the third and one reception that Juju had on that key third down where he jumped up, stretched out to make the catch. Wasn't a terrible throw, wasn't particularly. Um, accurate considering uh, what Juju had to do and his size to go up and get it. But it's a play that you expect him to make. And he did. And that set up what I thought was going to be a key drive. And I remember writing down as soon as that play happened, I'm like, that's going to be a big time play. Then Andrew Wiley had a penalty, forced the Chiefs into a third and 20 situation. And if you remember this, led to probably the single most important play of the game. And that was a quick pass screen to Jarek McKinnon, who picked up the first down on third and 20. And that led to the Justin Watson TD reception. Chiefs, I believe were up 21 to 16 at that point, made it a two possession game. But on the next drive, early in the fourth quarter, facing a third and 11, we're all going to remember this one. Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting over the top of the defense, beating Charvarius Ward, former friend down the field, for MVS hauling a 57-yard catch, which I believe is the longest play of the year so far for the Chiefs offense. A huge moment and the reason they bring MVS to the Chiefs. Three catches, 111 yards. That's what he is known for, making those big-time plays. And also, you got to shout out the Chiefs' offensive line. Nick Bosa made his plays. He's one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. But for the most part, Patrick Mahomes had time in the pocket. He stayed in the pocket. He was delivering the ball down the field and letting – the setup of the offense letting the offense um you know work the way that it's supposed to uh not bailing out of the pocket not scrambling out trying to make crazy plays uh because he wasn't under pressure the entire time it all works together fantastic performance from juju in mvs and we already talked about McCole hardman We're not even talking about travis kelsey just, just because he didn't hit 100 yards he finished with 98
2: uh but great performance for them Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I have to tell you about Trade Coffee. And if you've been listening to KCSN, you know that we love Trade Coffee. If you've been getting your coffee from the grocery store and drinking the same coffee every day, I think it's time for you to, to switch things up and it's time to try something even better with Trade Coffee. It's so easy to get fresh roast delivered to your doorstep from local roasters across the country with Trade Coffee. Trade coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. That's the best part about trade. And they, Partner with some of the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee they know you'll love, fresh to your home on your preferred schedule, and you get to support small businesses. I mean, I'm going to call that a win-win. I think that that's kind of a great cause. You get to support small businesses, get to have great coffee in the process without going out of your way. Double win. That's a win-win-win. And whether you already know what makes what what you like in your coffee or you're trying to try new specialty coffees and you need some help trade makes it easy and convenient for you to discover new coffees they'll send you ground coffee or whole beans however you prefer it or uh, you can or however you make your coffee at home you can enjoy it with trade coffee they're very good of uh, accommodating to what you like and some of the equipment that you like i've been recently really enjoying cold brewing coffee so i get a a ground coarse ground I'll scoop it into my cold brew and I'll put it overnight, shake it up a little bit, let it steep overnight. And I've got me some cold brew coffee that's how I've been really liking to do it. We've got a French press, they even got K cup pods that you can, like, you know, the reusable ones they'll ground it up for that. So they can do whatever you need them to do at uh, Trade Coffee. And it's, it's quite in, incredible. And whether if you're a coffee aficionado like Craig Stout is, or if you're looking to discover something new, Trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Can't get any. Better about that i think some of my favorite roasts that i've got from pts i've it's getting into the seasonal blends they got one that's apple cinnamon stop i really love uh seasonal blend coffees pumpkin uh, apple cinnamon peppermint all of those stuff i love seasonal flavors and they hit the nail on the head at pts coffee um it's a blue re- brewed right here roasted right here in kansas so i mean Can't beat that at all. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do to upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee. Let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN
1: let's switch to the other side of the ball uh, for just a little bit here. As we move on to number seven, that's in the second quarter of the game on Sunday, Chris Jones sparked the defense with a sack of Jimmy Garoppolo. The sack resulted in a loss of eight yards. Now, Chris later added a second sack, including a strip, forcing a turnover in the fourth quarter for another loss of eight yards where defensive and Malik Herring recovered the ball at the Kansas City 49 yard line. It marked Jones 14th career multi sack performance and his two sacks on Sunday brought his career total to 54 and a half sacks with 383 and a half yards lost. And Jones kept it going, helping to contain the 49ers defense with three, or excuse me, the 49ers offense with three tackles. Two of those were solo, one tackle for loss, and another quarterback pressure. Another dominant performance when it was needed most by Chris Jones, who also forced several holding calls during this game. Some were called, some were not called, but the fact that they keep splitting him out at defensive end, giving him some different matchups. Uh, it's been a thing that Steve Spagnuolo had done Earlier, I believe last year, early in the season, Chris Jones had played some defensive end, having a lot of success with it right now. I think that's his third straight game with a sack coming from the defensive end spot. So hopefully seeing more of that, moving guys around. Also, I don't think... He's not on here, but shout out to Carlos Dunlap. I think he batted down two passes, uh, finished, I believe, in the top five of the last decade uh, and batted passes down. Something talked about when he was brought over, but he was getting a lot of pressure. He forced a couple of penalties as well in some big moments. So uh, Chiefs defensive line getting it done. And we'll talk about uh, the shark here in just a second. But before we do that, let's move on to number eight, and that is. With a sh- with his shared sack of 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, cornerback Lejarius Snead now owns six and a half career sacks, including three and a half so far this season. Snead finished the contest with six tackles, half sack for a loss of two yards, one pass defense, and now his six and a half career sacks are tied with former Chiefs great safety Reggie Tung for the second most in franchise history by a defensive back. His three and a half sacks this season are tied with Eric Berry for the second most sacks in a single season by a defensive back in team history. Now, Jarius Need needs just two more sacks this season for the franchise record for sacks in a season by a defensive back and in a career, and that would be surpassing former great and Newberry College Hall of Famer, my guy, Ron Parker who created a knack for himself by getting after the quarterback at the safety position under Bob Sutton's defense. Now, LeJarrius Sneed, one of the most underrated players, not just on the Chiefs defense, but in the entire AFC, continues to pace the Chiefs defensive backfield and make plays all over the place. All right, moving on to number nine, Frank Clark, my guy, recorded one and a half sacks in back-to-back plays on Sunday against the 49ers. The guy just knows how to make plays against the 49ers. Clark got his hands on Jimmy Garoppolo in the fourth quarter, taking him down with Colin Saunders at the San Francisco six yard line for a loss of three yards. And on the very next play, Clark, Clark, he didn't let up, took down Garoppolo for a second time, this time in the end zone for a loss of six yards and a safety. It marks Clark's 10th career multi-sack game and his first since he recorded two sacks at Denver on October 17th, 2019 I believe that was the sack party where the chiefs just absolutely went off in that game. And tonight's or excuse me, Sundays safety was the first safety for the chiefs defense. Since Chris Jones sacked Tua it, Tonga in the end zone back in December of 2020, Clark finished the night with, Two tackles, one solo, two quarterback pressures to go along with his one-and-a-half sacks that resulted in a loss of seven-and-a-half yards. And one of the things that makes that play maybe even more impressive on the safety is the fact that he beat Trent Williams to do it. Trent Williams, this is not hyperbole, is one of the best left tackles to ever play the game. Coach Reed said it after the game uh, that he agreed that it made it even more impressive uh, that he made that play on Trent Williams, who, again, is not only an all-pro, but he is one of the best left tackles in the history of football and for Frank Clark to make that play in that moment. And what we've seen from Frank over the past few weeks um, stepping up, making plays, there's exactly what you want to see. Now they're going into the bye week and before we get to number 10, the great thing also the coach read mentioned after the game is that there were no new injuries coming out of this game. And he expects Trent McDuffie, Rashad Fenton, and Mike Dana, the three guys who did not play on Sunday because of injuries. He expects them to be back and healthy After the bye week, it'll be great to see Trent McDuffie get on the field chiefs first pick in this draft in what has been a phenomenal draft class sky Moore's punt returning situations, notwithstanding uh, that's an issue that's got to get cleared up. And I think they know that, but luckily it didn't cost the chiefs in this game. Uh, but for the chiefs rookie class and George Karloftis making plays, um, kind of foreshadowing number 10 here talking about Josh Williams interception. George Karloftis was right there, but to see Trent McDuffie get back on the field, we've only seen that guy play, I think about a half of football before he got injured um, against the Cardinals in the first game of the season with that hamstring injury before he went on IR uh, it'd be great to g- see him get back and get in there and get some experience as they get down the stretch of the season, going into the playoffs, hopefully. All right, but moving on to number 10, it was great to see Josh Williams uh, make that interception in a big moment um, after the muffed punt, the chief's defense, Backs were against the wall. You always want to see how those guys respond in those situations where I feel like they did a good job um, holding. It was kind of a crazy scenario because it was that it was that sequence where they're lining up for the 51-yard field goal. 49ers offensive lineman jumped off sides, and they had to punt. You feel like, hey, we just maybe kept them away from three points considering how good Robbie Gould is. Uh, Kicking field goals. is probably going to make the 51-yarder. They're going to get three points right there. Instead, they back up. They have to punt. And all of a sudden, muff the punt, give them the ball back. Late in the first half, they have a chance to go down and score, get to a third down or an aggressive situation where – Steve Spagnuolo seems to always be aggressive in the red zone. One of the things I love is how often they go zero blitz, cover zero, uh, and just send the house at quarterbacks in the red zone. It's exactly what they did. George Karloftis got in the face of Jimmy Garoppolo and through, I would say, an ill-advised pass because Josh Williams made a fantastic play intercepting it. uh, But that key interception just goes to show that um, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, the Chiefs rookies making plays in the end zone. Juan Thornhill got another interception late, but um, great to see the Chiefs rookies going out there making plays, especially as defensive backs picking off passes in the end zone. Brett Veach and company not only are they doing you know this Chiefs 5 and 2 leading the AFC West, the offense making plays all over the place with new faces, especially in this game with MVS and Juju stepping up. Chiefs are getting a lot of production and a lot of snaps out of the rookie class, which uh, is crazy to think for a team that is one of the favorites to go and win the Super Bowl. Obviously, they got to get through Buffalo. Um, hopefully they meet again and that's going to be a fantastic football game. But, you know, they're doing this with a lot of rookies and a lot of drafted players um, that are going to be on rookie contracts for the next several years. And the Chiefs have set themselves up to. Um, do some pretty special things over the next few years with the way that Brett Veach and company have, have constructed this roster. So uh, that's all we've got. Those are the 10. If I missed any crazy stats, performances, nuggets, moments, whatever you got, please uh, hit me up on social media, or let me know in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, if you like this show, uh, please give us that five-star review on the podcast platforms, leave a little review about what you like about not only this show, but what we've got going on at KC sports network. Overall, I've got a lot of good content uh, coming to you and by design, all the shows, they're a little bit different from one another. We try to offer something for everyone. We you know not everybody likes the same kind of content. So we try to offer, again, a little something for everyone. We'll have uh, KCS an update a little bit later today as I chat with ESPN's Matt Miller with his stock up, stock down performances. The KC Lab guys will be going live at eight o'clock. You can catch that live or you can catch the podcast after. Mike. The veto, Jeff Allen will be coming up tomorrow on Tuesday with their one-on-one show. Again, lots of great content. Don't forget Matt Castle, Derek Johnson will be joining us later to break down the Chiefs offense and defense respectively. But again, thank you all for watching and or listening. Please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. And again, whatever podcast platform you're on, please give us a follow and uh, leave us a review. Let people know uh, where you're finding this great content. So just search KCSN and all those platforms You'll find our stuff. Again, appreciate everybody for hanging out, spending part of your day with us. See you next time.